Okay, hey everybody, welcome back to Part of the Story, Red Your Public Library's official podcast. It's me, one of your hosts, Sage Black, back again with, of course, the other host, Claire yes. Brown. Hello, hello. Today we are here talking reading slums. Yeah. <laughs> which is one of our other co-hosts' idea, Sarah. Uh, yes. We hope that she gets well soon because we stole her idea and decided to podcast without her. <laughs> <laughs> we apologize, but it was such a good idea. We could not miss an opportunity. <laughs> so. Exactly. So over the last couple of weeks, we've been reading some different articles about reading slumps. A lot of people have been experiencing reading slumps, or you probably hear about it on social media or perhaps even in you know little conversations if you're a book lover amongst yourselves. So we thought we would start off with a definition from what people imagine is a reading slump. Hilariously, in one of the articles that we read, it says Merriam-Webster and the Oxford English Dictionary don't have the term as a whole. So I fall on the most credible source I could find, this is speaking from the article, which is what? The Urban Dictionary. <laughs> now, we the can't most, the Urban um, Dictionary for everything. Yeah, yeah. no, it's, it's a very, <laughs> if you're not familiar with Urban Dictionary, it's essentially just the the best descriptions of things you could ever have and the funniest usually too and usually the most inappropriate so oh 100 you can look up basically anything any word that you think is just a word no it it probably is something else (laughs) absolutely has another (laughs) um so this is from the article using neuroscience to understand reading slumps and so the urban dictionary defines a reading slump as quote a reader's worst nightmare, not being able to pick up a book and read just because you can't, you just can't read. You just can't. I love that like second part of like, you just can't. You can't I agree. you just can't. I feel like my baseline just as like a human being is just like always in a reading slump. <laughs> like I don't think, <laughs> like we'll get into uh, different maybe ways to get out of them or help them, yeah. but we'll see. I don't know, man. <laughs> I feel like some people like me, you're just always in one. And then one day you're not, and you read a whole book in a day. And then you're just continually, you know, you're just always in a slump. So nothing wrong with that either. No, it isn't. And which is funny because you think of, I think high volume readers, I was talking about this with another one of our coworkers, view reading in a completely different way. So like myself, I'm like, oh, I didn't read that much this year. I just hit my goal. It's a lot of books. Most people don't hit that many books but for me I'm like I've been in a slump most of the year so what is that <laughs> and you still read like what 125 so far so far yeah <laughs> but like for me it's not I know. a lot and I've spent many weeks not picking up books so it's very strange because a reading slump so for you a reading slump could be six or seven months you find a book it's <laughs> glorious you read it in one day yeah. you love it it's great. You think to yourself, I'm going to start reading again. I'm going to get six books from the library. And then you're like, nope, back in the slope. I feel like Claire's outing me right now. (laughs) But like, for me, it's like, if I like a book or if like things are going well, I'm like, oh, I'm reading. It's so good. You pick up the next book and it doesn't grab you. I'm immediately like, well, yeah, I'm broken. This is broken. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it's completely a different kind of vibe. So personal experiences with reading slumps can vary greatly and I think Mm -hmm. some people probably don't think of it in terms of 
reading psalms because maybe they don't take it as seriously as we do. <laughs> some people. Yeah, that that would be true. I think, especially I think for a lot of casual readers, it's like, oh yeah, when you have the time, you sit down, you pick up a book. Yeah. And then there's some people who uh, make goals of like, you know, 300 books a year. And then, you know, you get 297 and it's like, oh my God, my life yeah. is over. <laughs> Why? How did I get through this slump? This year was terrible. Yeah. It's, it is definitely a little bit strange. There were a couple of things that I wanted to highlight from some articles that we were sharing. Well, amongst the three of us, again, Sarah, thank you for sending articles, even though we are plotting without you. <laughs> um, there was one in particular that I found quite interesting, and it's the science behind why reading a book is so hard right now by Glenn Sumi. And it was on nowtoronto.com. So it's basically talking about why a lot of people seem to be having trouble during COVID specifically. I mean, obviously we've all had slumps throughout our, you know, reading lives, but like a lot of people seem to have come out on social media in the last 18 months and was just like, I love reading. It's my thing that I do. Suddenly I can't do it. I can't read a book. I can't pick something up. So according from that article, it says, it turns out there's a psychological basis to people's inability to concentrate. Basically, anxiety is an adaptive response that's supposed to help us stay alive when we're under threat, explains Dr. Steve Jorgens, a professor of psychology at the University of Scarborough. For our ancestors, if you were out gathering berries and a predator stepped in your way, you'd go into what we'd call fight or flight mode, which is basically your body screaming at you to do something. Because obviously, <laughs> you don't want to get in. I think it. we've been flying this whole yeah. year. <laughs> <laughs> so during that time, the blood is leaving the frontal lobe of the brain, and it's aimed at getting you out of the situation or taking on that threat, whatever the case might be. So you're primed for action, but we're not necessarily primed for complex thinking. So he goes on to say that COVID-19 is essentially a predator that just won't leave us alone. And so we, unless we've discovered ways to relax, you're in sort of that continual state of anxiety, which means that your frontal lobe isn't really working at its optimum level, which means you can't really suspend your reality and make the current world disappear and engage with the imagination in an extended narrative. And I was like, oh, sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Way to call us all out here, yeah. my friend. So it's quite, it's quite interesting. Um, I do like a line that he has when he is talking about TV and I love TV. We love watching things. Love We've discussed TV. it yep. many, many times here in the <laughs> podcast, but he says that reading is uh, also very different from watching TV, which is more stimulus driven. If you sit in front of a screen and it hits you, reading is more of an interactive process. It requires you to engage your imagination. Mm -hmm. so I never really thought about it in those terms yeah well so, there's sometimes have you ever like been sitting in front of the tv and you're like watching a show and then as the show's playing you're like oh let me check my phone and then you have the tv <laughs> going you have tiktok going in front of you you're texting yep. someone else it's like my brain is like I cannot have a minute of silence I just need no. to be like stimulated 24 <laughs> 7 yeah so like silence I'll always have like music on or something at home because sometimes the silence is just too quiet and I'm like okay I need that <laughs> I need that stimulation. yes I 100% agree and I think yep. like we're so both really transitioning to like living alone in this last mm -hmm. year and what it does mean for it to be quiet it's completely quiet. It's very quiet. And to have, yeah, you want your brain, you're like, oh, I'll just have that in the background. Or I'll just do that mm. in the background. And then you just go about your day. And you know, sometimes you're engaged with it. You're like, oh, I love this song. Or sometimes, you know, if you're listening to an audiobook, you'd be like, oh, how did we get here? I had zoned out. Right. <laughs> like, 
sometimes yeah it's back it's yeah. just like just to have another like human voice in the room exactly <laughs> so it doesn't feel so alone you're like yeah okay but you constantly are it. looking for that stimulus yeah you have the mm-hmm. tv on you're scrolling tiktok and then you look up you're like how long has it been what's happening on the show well yeah so there's no wonder why like my brain reading (laughs) it takes too much for what my brain has been used to I think for the past like years so which I think is like legitimate so I like Mm -hmm. knowing that others are struggling in the same way which might be rude I don't know misery loves company (laughs) I guess I guess but it's also interesting that it's like it's a not your fault situation it's not because you're picking up the wrong book it's not because nope yeah (laughs) so I'd love to blame (laughs) it just responsibility yeah 100%. So we have some different articles on tips how to break out of reading slumps. Mm -hmm. So we thought we would go through some of them, agree or disagree, have a little bit of conversation. I believe the call it factor cap. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Is it a fact or is it cap, which means it's not true. So we'll go ahead. (laughs) So we're going to go with them. I really liked this one that I found on Inc., and it's 12 ways to get out of a reading slump and what you do or what to do, excuse me, when you just can't seem to work up the motivation to read. And it's written by Jessica Stillman. So I thought we would just get into the first one, see mm-hmm. how it goes. What do we agree with? What do we don't? So the first one says reread an old favorite. Are you a rereader, Sage? Yes, for like only, I think maybe four or five books total. <laughs> And, and they're ones that I read when I was like a child, like the Percy Jackson series by Rick Riordan. I'll still reread those. Have um, you ever tried to reread them when you're like, I need to read. I no. can't find something to read. <laughs> um, maybe when I, when I don't have something to read, like maybe back in the summer, if I was going to go sit outside for a bit and I didn't mm-hmm. have a book with me at the time, then I'd be like, oh, true, tried and true classic. I'll just read this. <laughs> Not because I couldn't read anything else more. So I just didn't have anything else. I feel like it might work. But then if you're really not in the mood to read, would you be like, oh, well, I already know the story. So like, what's the point? So this is an interesting one because a lot of people are like one and done. I know mm-hmm. the story. I read the story. That's enough. I don't need to engage with the story again. But some people are like chronic rereaders. I love to yep. reread. And I read an article some years ago, and this is my pinned tweet on my bio, which is basically that if you know the ending of something and you were satisfied with that conclusion, you can enjoy it more the second time knowing the ending than not. That's true. So I'm a person Do you who, have like a time limit on like how long in between a reread? It's from mood. When you initially read it? Okay. It's mood based. Some rereads make zero sense at all ever. Um, okay. There's a Harlequin, <laughs> like just for example, um, there's a Harlequin book that I've probably read six times. So it's about 200 pages. It's like a Harlequin presents, like an actual, like proper Harlequin. It's called The DeSantis Marriage. (laughs) It's not good, but it's excellent. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) And sometimes I'm just in the mood for that level of angst. And when I say to myself, oh, I wish I could read something with that level of angst. And you browse a few things. You're like, none of you are the right ones. Right. And you just go and you pick up the book. And then you're satisfied because you 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 wanted. You'll be satisfied either way. Right. But the only thing that I'm scared about with a reread, and this maybe is something that you think about as well, particularly with those like loved favorites where you read that book and you were like, this is the one. Right. What if you reread it and it feels different? What if you don't have that feeling again? 
Well, and that's the thing. I guess it depends after how many rereads. Because I feel like that would maybe happen on the second reread, maybe. Mm -hmm. But like, could you get to a seventh reread and be like, <laughs> oh, this is nothing like what I thought it was. Yeah. You know, like I feel at that point, it's pretty set in stone. But I don't know, like maybe, especially if maybe it's one that you read like a long time ago. Mm -hmm. There are some books that I loved that I am afraid to reread because what if I, what if it skews my perception of that love? Or like That's it true. could solidify it. This is this is called anxiety. This is what we're talking <laughs> through right now, right? Mm. This is Schrodinger's book. We don't know. Maybe it's good. Maybe it's not good. Maybe it's how we're. Well, and you don't you don't know until you find out, right? Exactly. So then, what do we do? I don't know. I say just reread it, and then you'll know. <laughs> <laughs> See, you're decisive. I'm like, yeah. what if it ruins it forever? <laughs> I guess I guess it would depend, like when you read it, like at what time in your life that you read it, and then like how much has changed which we've talked about a lot here on the podcast is whether books, you know, TV shows, whatever, are hitting you at a specific time, which is why you connect with it. So yeah, a book that maybe I loved as a 20 year old and I'm like, oh, I loved that experience. It was so good. I wish I could go back and reread it yeah, for the now first you're time. Gonna be like, Ooh. Yeah, that was cringy. That was cringy class, Claire. Why you made these choices? You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I guess maybe if you could look at it that way, if that happens, you'd be like, wow, I've really grown. <laughs> I've grown a lot, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's funny. Right I would like to know from our listeners though, mm -hmm. if they are rereaders or if they use rereading to get out of slumps. I would or like try to try a lot. If you're in yeah. a slump, give it a try. Yeah, and then tell us. Um, so the next one is an interesting one that I not necessarily would have thought of. So it's join a book club. So we have a lot of book clubs here at the library. We do, well, not a lot. We have amazing. three. Yeah. But it's great because there's <laughs> yeah. options for everyone. You know? Exactly. So we have Fireside Readers. We have Happy Ever After and Any Book Book Club hosted those last two by yours truly. And basically the idea, according to this article behind that, is the social support or if you prefer peer pressure will get you reading again, basically viewing it as homework so that you have to fake it till you make it. <laughs> I was talking to a coworker about this the other day and I was just like, I don't know, like I, I can definitely see how that would be a bit of motivation to maybe like commit and read to a book, but I feel like that would make me procrastinate even more. And it would be the <laughs> night before book club. And I'd be like, curse you, the stupid yeah. book. <laughs> like, I don't want to read you at all. I and definitely, yeah, I'm definitely a procrastinator. So for Happy Ever After, we do have monthly titles. I am always reading it the day before, not because I'm cursing <laughs> the book, but mostly because I clearly just want to test myself and my skills yeah. because I know three months ahead that I should be reading that book. But maybe that's I? good. No, because then you can uh, retain that information. Like it's fresh in your brain from like the morning <laughs> of, but you don't have to like think back too far. It's so true. So if any of our listeners are thinking to themselves, I would like some book homework to peer pressure me into getting out of my slump, have a look at our website, rdpl.org. You can go under book clubs and see all of the different options, the meeting times and, and all that kind of stuff. So give it a go. Give it a go. I, I would say that was actually kind of a good one. I feel like that too. Even if you had like a friend or family member who kind yeah. of felt the same Like a way. buddy read, yeah. Yeah, have a buddy read. If you don't, especially now, if you don't feel like joining a book club or I know they're virtual anyway, Yeah. Um, but if that's not your thing, have a reading buddy, you know, yeah. someone you know, and then at least 
if they get mad at you for reading, that's that's your problem. <laughs> not the not the club's problem. I did a buddy read last year and we set like chapter goals. So like every three or four days, you know, read three or four chapters and then come together and be like, oh yeah, we're on track, mm-hmm. we're reading, you know, that sort of thing. And it was very like low key. So I would I would recommend, yeah, a book club I or think reading. That'd be kind of nice too. Even like um even if it's not like a book club, even just setting out like 15 minutes each day just to read like for 15 minutes or two chapters, something I feel like is a good way to kind of carve out that time. Cause I am in the position where I'm always like, I don't have the time (laughs) when really like, what do I do for four hours? I lay on the couch, (laughs) you know, consuming the media. Yeah. Um, So So 15 minutes of that four hours. Yeah. (laughs) You know, 15 minutes somewhere. And then who knows, then you might get into it and want to read for longer. Which That's the great. thing, because if you say to yourself, I can do this for 15 minutes, whether you read two pages because your mind is going elsewhere or whatever, mm-hmm. or maybe you blow through the 15 minutes and you look at your clock and it's been 30 minutes, those exactly. little bite-sized chunks might help. Um, that's a good tip just on your own. No one even told us to do a time limit. And look at that, Sage coming through with another tip. Set a little time management goal. I do like this next one. So I will preface by saying I do like this next one, which is try an audiobook. Yeah. That's always a good option too. Yeah. And I think particularly for people who do like to have background noise or like something going on in your car or whatever. Um, for a long time, I was like, oh, I don't like audiobooks. They read so slowly, the narrators. <clears throat> which me. there are some. <laughs> oh, 100%. But, but um, when you find a good one or you find, I find that it's easier to get into nonfiction audiobooks because you're not worried about voices and like yeah. character delineation. <laughs> it's yeah. just, you know, the page to a voice. And that is completely what I like. There have been some excellent like fiction ones that I've listened to as well, but I think that's a really good one. Like I would yeah, say if you're so a podcast too. listener, like try an audiobook, supplement a little of your podcast to an audiobook. As we say this well, while we're recording a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> especially if it's a, it doesn't have to be nonfiction, but if it is, then you get like, you know, a little bit of information, a little bit smarter, you know? Yeah. Doesn't 100%. hurt anybody. <laughs> I, yeah. So I'm going to say, I think I agree with this one. I like that one too. So the next one is switch up your environment. So the, what they're saying here is if your home feels like too distracting a place to concentrate on reading right now, or just too confining after the last year, why not take your book somewhere fresh, like a local park or a library and see what happens? I like that one. I like it on principle. I don't know if I like it in practice. I'm not good at reading out in the world. Well, I mean, like... I don't read out in the world. I think the only out in the world I would read is like my mom's backyard. Yeah. Because <laughs> I love her backyard. And it's like really cozy and nice. And like on a nice day in the shade, you got a cool drink or a tea or something and you're just chilling. Um, that I do like, which is not too far out into the world, but even just like being outside maybe would help getting some fresh air. Um, I feel like I immediately get distracted outside. Immediately. Even if my... goal is to like take a book and like sit on a bench somewhere and like you know treat myself to like a little (laughs) coffee situation and like people are watching me yeah immediately I am interested in all of the people watching or like what is that sound or like (laughs) yeah plus especially here like we have a very 
uh, limited time of when you can be like outside yeah. in the world, <laughs> sitting and reading a book. Yeah. Um, it's been a really nice fall. So I'm, you can still do that even today, but like give it another two weeks. You're not going to be one. <laughs> Absolutely not. But you can come to the library. So yeah, come to the library, you know, get cozy. Cozy. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I was next... going to say, oh, go sorry, ahead. I was going to say too, when you said like try an audiobook or like even like a different format or something, I know even for myself, like I was never a big, I, I'm not really into like comics, not to say um, like superheroes, but even trying like, um, like I've read some manga and stuff. Um, and that, kind of helped me get out of a bit of a reading funk too because at least it's a bit more stimulating like you don't necessarily have to like use your imagination as much because it's you know it's a Japanese comic book right yeah so it kind of gives that for you but even trying like a comic book or a manga or just something totally different that you wouldn't normally want to try yeah um, or that you think you wouldn't like I found that that helped me quite a bit um, a couple months ago too which transitions nicely. So we have a monthly challenge called Read Outside Your Comfort Zone, yes. which basically the library challenges you to read on a theme, on a theme of some kind. Um, and every month it's different and you can view the details either on our website or on our Facebook page. And if you read on that theme and tell us the book that you read, you can be entered to win a gift a card. Prize. Yeah. And like, How why not? So this month, so November, is read a psychological thriller. So not usually my genre, I'm sure, mm -hmm. as, as our faithful listeners must know, <laughs> but um, I have been known to get into them. There are displays at all branches and book lists mm -hmm. online. So if that isn't your genre at all and you have no idea of where to start, we do have those book lists. So go ahead and browse those and, you know, put one on hold, see what happens. Yeah, you never exactly. know. Well, and even like last month was something totally different. It was like read a book based in like a library or a bookstore. So yeah. like stuff, it, it's, it varies a lot, but it gives you a lot of different options. And yeah. if you're in a slump, try something new, right? Yeah. Read outside your comfort zone, which I think is a good way to kind of get out of that too sometimes. So. Well, and I think a lot of times, like if you do read in a genre, um, like I do with romance, you start feeling like the tropes seem maybe similar or maybe a bit of like read a book. burnout. Yeah, a yeah. book that sounded similar. So it can be good to break those things up. I'm not saying anything mm -hmm. mean about romance, obviously. I'm still no. in love with it. <laughs> any but, genre. Yeah, but any genre. Yeah, you could just be like, you know what? My brain is not equipped for this new world building that I typically love. I just want to read something different, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. read something different. Read outside your comfort zone. There you go. Come see us. We can even give you recommendations. Exactly. So this of sort it. of goes with your graphic novel try, which is pick up something short. Mm -hmm. So like any novellas or I know graphic novels can be sagas and you can have like multiple. <laughs> I was um, going to say, especially books. if it's a manga, like yeah. sometimes there's like you're on volume 60. <laughs> exactly. But the book, but itself, they're quick reads. Yeah. The book exactly. itself is not, you know, 700 pages. So less for, intimidating. What I love about this last line about pick up something short, your anxiety or your lethargy will just fade away. So like, that's good. Like if you are, <laughs> if you are trying to sort of like get back into it and it does feel daunting to read that, you know, bestseller that's 500 pages, you're just like, oh, I haven't read in so long. I don't want to start with 500 pages. Like I'm out of practice, et cetera, et cetera. Find something shorter, find a little novella. There's lots of options or find a short story like omnibus and just read a couple of short stories and sort of get back into the practice of that 15 minutes, let's say, and you have a complete story in that time. 
Exactly. Really, just talking about short stories, really excited because my advent calendar this year for <gasps> December is a short story advent calendar. So there's 25 oh short stories. I know <laughs> from around the world. So, so no chocolate? Um, no chocolate. No, I have a different advent calendar as well. It's like a, like a children's <laughs> one, but yeah. I do have like a grown up like book one. So oh, I am looking very forward cool. to that one. So I would recommend, yeah, a little, I never used to like novellas and short stories because I thought, oh, I'm not getting a full story. Like, how am I going to be invested? But then right. once you read them, you realize you can be invested and they well, are absolutely. Good. Even um, like one I read like semi recently was, what was it? Elevation by Stephen King. Like oh, a short little, like beautiful. it's a very petite little book. Like not even, like, I don't know, not even a hundred pages, maybe around a hundred. Well, but it's like tiny also. So it's, it's like, like a small, yeah, it's like small, a small little book. And I, I'm not like a big Stephen King reader, no. but this is like not typical Stephen King. And I cried at the end. So me like, too. you can't tell me <laughs> that you can't get invested because I bawled my eyes out. I also did. Some people um, that we work with and that we know did not cry at the end. And I don't mm. know how they did that. Because, <laughs> yeah, I needed to take a break about five pages before the end because yeah, I could not see you know the pages. Coming. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. But yeah, like even, even little ones like that, you can like get that emotional stirring that you do from like other like longer books. Mm -hmm. um, so it's nice to know you can get kind of like a, a shorter, like kind of slimmed down version um, but with the same feelings, you know, kind of attached to it too. So I like that. hundred percent. And it's interesting because neither of us are huge. Like I like Stephen King, like movie adaptations, TV adaptations, et cetera. I don't read a lot of Stephen King. Like I have in the past read Stephen King. I follow but you him look on at, Twitter. Me too. But you look at some of his books <laughs> and you think that's daunting. Like I don't want to yeah. get into that book. Like it's, it's a just, commitment. It's Especially so big. You get it from the library and you're like, okay, I have three weeks. <laughs> Yeah, most likely if it's happen. a new one someone has a hold you're like yeah. okay that then I would never read it <laughs> so like I feel like elevation was like his outside his comfort zone thing where yeah. he just had this like little story that yeah. he wanted to share and it fits into so many other people's little outside their comfort zone thing that allows mm -hmm. you to read something that you wouldn't normally I no, love I that book say, I've read Stephen King right you're a connoisseur yeah. you know <laughs> <laughs> I've read Stephen King you know the little one <laughs> So the next one out here is for, according to the article, hardcore book nerds only. And it is Ooh, uh -oh. reorganizing your bookshelves. So this oh, would, <laughs> yeah. So this assumes one, that you are a book buyer and two, that you display them. So basically they do have- So my, they know you. <laughs> yeah, they do know me. They, knew they do know my hardcore book nerd life. But generally speaking, I don't agree with this one. What do you think? How do you organize your books at home? Well, I have a tier system. <laughs> okay. So I have a tier uh -oh. system and then it's done by genre. So I have like okay. top tier. I want you to be displayed. You're beautiful. You're coming in like a living room situation. Right. You get to have the best shelves in the house. Okay. Where the and where like a company can see you. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And like the shelves themselves, the best shelves in the house. Like just <laughs> like the most beautiful right. shelves in the house. Right. And then in my library room, because I am that hardcore book nerd. Yeah, because <laughs> um, we're adults and we can yeah. have a library room. <laughs> exactly. We can have our library fantasy. Um, I'm organized by genre. Okay. And then obviously by like, because my library life. Oh yeah, author, okay. series just order. Checking. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I have my YA separated out from my adult novels. 
Yeah, I'm very, I'm living a very structured library life. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Um, I would say I I don't really agree with this one because if you have like a system that works for you Mm -hmm. and that like you like to keep things organized and especially working at the library, like it's kind of ingrained into your brain that like (laughs) this is the way things are, um, then I don't know if reorganizing, I think maybe going through your books and yeah. maybe like taking inventory of what you have and be like, oh, I haven't read this one in a while or I've never I haven't read, read this, this one, one at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let me take it out, put it in my mm-hmm. little pile to be read. Um, but doing a whole like makeover, I don't know. I feel like stuff would get lost. You'd get stressed. I feel like that would be so, yeah, stressed and daunting. Yeah. Why am I going to- What gonna... kind of order do you put it in then? Yeah. Backwards? Like, I don't know. <laughs> or like by the shelves that are by color look beautiful, but how you, you find make your own Dewey Decimal like. <laughs> that's just that's too much pressure for me so I have to say that one's out that one's out maybe do like an inventory yeah is a good idea if you have like books at home but unless you're like willing to relearn (laughs) where everything is I would not yeah that's a pass that's a pass Mm -hmm. um that one (laughs) so another one that they have is ask your friends for ideas Mm, recommendations yeah how are you about getting recommendations how do they come to you do you receive them in the spirit that they are given do you read recommendations um I do especially from like certain coworkers that I know like kind of has similar tastes like if you were like a different coworker who reads kind of like you know you don't necessarily like if I want a good romance I know I can come to you <laughs> um if I want like a bit of a darker you know more like not so clean <laughs> book. Um, I can go to other people and I have read some recommendations or like put them on hold to be read. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially working at a library, I feel like everyone always has like a lot of opinions and a lot yeah. of different recommendations. So no matter what mood I'm in, there's someone around who can like point me in the right direction. Um, whether I read all of the recommendations <laughs> is different because <laughs> yeah. again, the whole conversation, um, if I can get into it, then yeah, absolutely. And usually I do. Um, sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, I'll put that in my back pocket. And then I just forget about it <laughs> a minute later. Um, but I do like getting, getting the odd recommendation. I think it's helpful. I like getting recommendations because I like knowing what's popular and what people like, mm-hmm. but I don't like taking recommendations because part of the fun for me of reading is hunting a <laughs> book down myself is being That's a book fair. predator. It's so weird. And like the minute that I know that the book has some hype around it, I'm immediately like, "Eh." does it make you like not want to read it? Yes, it really does. Yeah. So like in the summer, for example, um, one of the, and I think it continues to be popular now is people we meet on vacation by Emily Henry. And we chose that as one of our happy ever after books before it was even published because we had read her previous book the year before in Happy Mm -hmm. Ever After Book Club. And good for her, she's hit it big, like not just the romance community, but like, you know, book buying people in general, we're all about this people we meet on vacation. So it was everywhere. It was on, you know, TikTok, it was on Twitter, it was on Instagram. Everyone's talking about this book. Everyone's talking about how great it is. I'm not even on like book talk and somehow one found me and was talking about that book. I'm like, what is going on? Like I've never seen, I've never seen this before. Right. So So it was everywhere. It was was everywhere. And the second it started being everywhere, I didn't want to read it. I had to read it for happy ever after, but I didn't want to. <laughs> I get that way with like shows or movies. Um, like even if I know it's probably a really good show or movie, if there's like a lot of hype around it, I don't know. It's not that it turns me off, but I'm just like, I, I almost feel like I don't want to partake in yeah. like the hype. 
like I got that way when I watched um like when Squid Games came out on Netflix yeah. like I kept hearing about it and I would have probably eventually watched it but then I kept hearing so much about it I was getting annoyed because yeah, same. my whole TikTok for you page <laughs> everything on Twitter I was like well I pretty much I luckily I wasn't spoiled with anything pretty big but I kind of knew the gist so I was yeah. like oh well now I don't need to watch it because I essentially know <laughs> what it's about I still ended up watching it I enjoyed it I thought it was good um but yeah I get that way not so much with books but with with like shows and movies and stuff and I think it's hard too because if it is something that you're looking forward to whatever medium it is and you start hearing people talk about how great it is I get worried yeah I get (laughs) worried that it's not going to live up to that level the expectation yeah. yeah and then they'll have been excited about it but because they oversold it to me I'm like man well and then especially if you're hearing it for like weeks before you actually get to read it yes it's like okay excuse me like I've waited so long and now what yeah exactly yeah what is gonna fill this void we don't know yeah I I get that one of the well the last thing on this article was just lean into the slump if you're having a slump (laughs) I I you know what that one works great That's what I do. <laughs> See, that one I have a little bit of anxiety about because when I did go through a period, I think, you know, this year of not reading for about two and a half months, I thought about it every single day that I wasn't reading. Yeah, you were kind of going insane a little bit. So I think it's different <laughs> for people who like read a lot or, you know, but if you're yeah. casual like me, I think lean into it. <laughs> but I can see why why it stressed you out because that was what you love to do and you just yeah. couldn't, you know. It wasn't happening. Yeah. Yeah. So I like, I agree that the healthy thing would be to lean into it and just be like, this is a phase of life. (laughs) Things are fine. I think when they, when they say that to like lean into it, I think a lot of it too means just like take the pressure off of yourself. Yeah. Cause I feel like, like, don't feel bad, you know, don't feel bad if you can't read, if you don't want to read. And I think a lot of it just comes down to like the pressure that people put on themselves to finish or even pick up a book. I would agree with that take that off, take a load off. Well, I think particularly because like, if you are a reader, like you're probably on Goodreads, if you Mm -hmm. read like any sort of volume. So then you set your Goodreads goal and then Goodreads (laughs) is telling you if you're five books behind or 17 books behind or <laughs> Can you turn whatever it is. Off? Well, I don't have notifications on Goodreads, but you open the app and you add a book and it'll be, you'll look at your reading goal. Oh, it'll be like, email. are you sure you want to add this to your yes, list? Yes, they're very, they just think that they need to do something. And it's like, no, just calm down. I'll do, I'll do what I do. Exactly. So yeah. Not to worry about it. So jumping to a different one a little bit. So this one's from Book Riot. I find this one to be quite interesting. So it says, try the first five or 10 pages from as many books as you can. Just the first like 10? Yeah. Is it grabbing you? Like if you're browsing through the library, let's say, and you're like, oh, I don't know what to read. Just pick up the first one that you see, read the first five pages. Do you want to read the next five? And then decide based on that. What do you think? I kind of... I think that's good if you're just looking for something to like grab you right away. If you really need to be pulled out like of a slump, like if you're really trying for something. Yeah. Um, but I feel like, especially like a lot of books that have come through, I put a lot of stuff on hold for my mom that like I've heard good things about and then I'll bring them to her. I'm like her little like librarian gnome. <laughs> I don't know. Like <laughs> she hasn't stepped foot in the library in forever. I'm just her little carrier pigeon. Um, but so like I'll hear things or I'll see like a new book go through a lot and I'll look up and put them on hold for her. And 
um, even recommendations from coworkers, but a lot of them say like, give it like the first like a hundred pages, which seems like a lot. And you're like, Ooh, like, do you really want to wait like a hundred pages? But then the book is like phenomenal. Sometimes it just takes a little bit to get into. So I get that if you're like committed to reading a book, but if you just need something to get you quick, I think the five pages is good. I am the type that does think that if a book is not grabbing you by a certain point Mm -hmm. that you should put it down. I absolutely would never give them 100 pages. Well, it might've not been, that might be an exaggeration. (laughs) Like it was definitely like a slow start, which Mm -hmm. some are, and they Mm -hmm. can be great books, but they might be a bit slow at the beginning. Yeah. Um, But yeah, like, and that's the thing with my mom too. Like she'll, she'll always finish a book. Like, even if she's like, oh, I don't really like it. No, I I was like, don't feel guilty. I'm like, just put it down. And she's like, that's okay. I'll finish it. And she does. (laughs) So, and like, usually she's like, she, there's not any that she like, you know, dislikes. If she really dislikes it, she won't read it. But even if it's not like her most favorite, she'll just finish it and be like, okay, it was a book. (laughs) It was fine. I think because I'm such highly, like, I'm such a high, like, mood reader, I would never be able to live my life like that. Like, no. I would just be like, we're broken up forever in this book of mine. <laughs> like, never to be seen again. Yeah. And I know that, like, because you can read on different moods or you can have different things going on in your life, it's, it can be a good idea to revisit things that you were highly interested in, but when you picked it up that first time was like, eh, it doesn't yeah. work. But, oh yeah, I would never give anyone a hundred pages. Like <laughs> the most you reader, get is 50. Yeah, true. If you're yeah. like a mood reader, do you ever have like two on the go? Like one no. for like this kind of mood? No. No, I have never read like two paper books at the same time. Like I've listened to like an audio book or had an audio book on the go. Um, but I've never been the type of person, like I know a lot of people will have like an audiobook, a nonfiction, like paper book, and then like mm-hmm. a paper book or an ebook on the go. And it's like how I'm like, I feel like I'm in competition with myself to like finish the book. So I'm not gonna split my attention <laughs> to do reading somewhere else. That's true. But then does, so does that mean you have to wait till you're like in that specific mood to read that specific book? Yeah, it can be. Like sometimes you can force the mood because you can get excited once you hit that 50 pages. Like maybe force the you, mood. Yeah. Maybe you were excited, but then you're like, oh, I'm not really excited. And then you start reading, you're like, ah, I'm excited again, which is that good. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, but if I don't get that, oh, I'm excited again, we're not, that's not happening. Yeah. We're not doing okay, that. Fair. I'll just put it down and wait, wait till the mood strikes me. Wait till I'm like yeah. super into it'd be, it. <laughs> it'd be interesting to know like how many people, like if, if you read multiple books in, at a time, let us know. Cause I'm yeah. actually quite interested. Cause I've never, I think maybe once or twice I've had two on the go. Maybe if like I wanted a break from one, mm-hmm. um, but for the most part, I'm the same. It's just uh, like, you know, I'm a, I'm a one book gal. <laughs> Monogamous reader. Yes. <laughs> um, so we want to know, about your reading slumps, people, people of the podcast world. Mm. Let us know, are you experiencing one? Have you experienced one? What do you do to get out of it? Or do you just lean into it sage style? That's up to you. (laughs) (laughs) So before we go, we're going to do our regular thing that we do, which Sage and I have not done together in a very long time. (laughs) So we're going to get into our reading, watching, listening, probably breaking a little bit of our rules all at once as we be do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Sage, reading, 
Reading, uh, well, it would be it would be disingenuous of me to say I was reading anything <laughs> as we're talking about book slumps. So I'm actually not reading anything currently, and I'm not ashamed to admit it. <laughs> um, I am currently reading *The Sinner* by Emma Scott, which is I'm not like super far into it yet, but it's like a paranormal romance. I know none of us are surprised, okay. and um, it's about so far it's about like a fallen angel being discovered in an alley by a young lady, like early 20s, who cannot believe that that is her life and that is what she's doing. Um, (laughs) So she's very like, because I feel like sometimes in paranormal romance, um, you just like, they all the characters just suspend disbelief and it's just like, life is like that, which is fine. I like those books too, but this character is very much like how most of us would react which would be like like what, what is, is going on yeah you're what is happening so i'm a bit more realistic to be seeing a doctor like that sort of situation um yeah. so it's quite good um nice. one of my highly anticipated reads of the year i just finished which was how to marry keanu reeves in 90 days and i was right. unfortunately a little disappointed by that read but um I do encourage people to read it if they're into like like a light contemporary romance with like Mm -hmm. zany characters who are older than you expect but act younger than you can believe (laughs) so we'll go with that one um (laughs) so that was a little bit disappointing but generally I have been reading like a little slower than than my previous days um Mm -hmm. so I did want to mention those two What have you been watching, Sage? I just finished the second season of Love on the Spectrum on Netflix. Have you watched that show? No, I see like sometimes the trailer pops up on Netflix, but I haven't. It's like so cute and like heartwarming, but also like it kind of makes you cringe a little bit just because like you're watching (laughs) these people have their like first dates ever, like in their whole life. Um, And it follows different um, people who live in Australia who are on the spectrum. Okay. And so it's like their journeys of finding love. Um, Mm. And some of them have like never been on dates. So they get set up with like little dates with other people on the spectrum or, you know, um, like neurotypical people. Um, And it's just like, it's really wholesome and cute. And you really fall in love with the characters because they're just like, they're such personalities and like, they're so nice. Um, So yeah, you just follow their little journeys of trying to find love, like everyone, right? Are there like nice, happy endings? Um, some of them, yeah. Like hopeful they, endings, I guess. Hopeful endings. Um, this was the second season, so you kind of follow some of the same characters from the first um, on their continuous journey of love or in relationships. And there was a new couple introduced in the second season who was already engaged. So at the end, it's like their actual wedding that happens. Aww. And it's just so sweet. And like, it's it's a really like heartwarming show. And, you know, if you if you like a little bit of, you know, love, <laughs> you know, you want to cry a little bit and just kind of <laughs> cringe, but like, oh, it's so cute. Because you know? I can imagine my first date ever was probably like, I would not want to watch that. You cannot pay me enough money to like watch that back. So watching other people's first dates, yeah, a little awkward, but it's it's very cute. They're all very Aww. sweet people, and yeah, it's I would recommend it. There's two nice. seasons. They're Australian, so they got little accents. Love Which it. Is Can't go cute wrong. And just yeah. on its own. <laughs> what about you? I have been watching 
basically binging Project Runway, which oh, yes. I finally found because it wasn't streaming anywhere in Canada. And I have been looking for years. And I know that people are able to like change their IP addresses oh, you and don't whatever. Have a VPN. <laughs> I don't know how to do it. I don't understand yeah. anything about it. I'm That's too old fair. for that now. Um, so we'll find it the legal way. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I go always to a website called justwatch.com because it will tell you where something is streaming. So every once in a while, I will check for Project Runway. And a couple of weeks ago, well, maybe nearly a month ago now, I found Project Runway streaming on Tubi, T-U-B-I. And I was like, oh, great. Another like streaming Quibi's, service. Like yeah. Weird little cousin. <laughs> right. And except for Tubi is like actually free. Mm. So you give them your email um, and then you can like log in. And the only catch is about every 15 minutes, you have a 30 second ad. That can't beat that really. No. And they have tons of movies on there, tons of shows. I watched some kitchen nightmares on there and, um, some different things, but project runway, I am just breezing through the seasons. It is my background noise. It is my, I'm watching it in the evening noise. It is just <laughs> like, I love watching people make stuff. And like it's, Project Runway has been one of my favorites for years. Like they're all so creative and you just wonder like how these people can be so like just like have this envisioned in their mind. And they're like, yeah, this is exactly what I want it to look like. Here's it on paper. Here's it in person. Yeah, I'll make like, it in a day on. or maybe a day and a half. No problem. Like unfair. You know, some people are very suits. talented. I know it's crazy, but it also like makes me feel like that show has always made me feel like inspired to either like learn how to sew or like make something. Have I done it yet? Not really. But like I could, <laughs> so you never know. But yeah, so I'm, I'm loving that one. What have you been listening to? Very cool. Um, I've been listening to a podcast. I've been listening to it for a while. Um, I think I've talked about before. There's a, a woman on YouTube, Bailey Sarian, who does like, she does like crazy makeup looks, like she's a makeup artist, but then she'll also talk about like a true crime story and like kind of mm. cover the, the story as she does her makeup. Um, cause like people, you know, some people listen to that kind of stuff as they get ready, as they do their makeup. So she kind of combined her two passions of like, like investigating true crime and then also doing makeup. Um, so she has a show on YouTube, um, but she also started a podcast called dark history. Um, oh. so it's basically her podcast. Like she'll, she goes back and, um, like through history, like all the dark events that have happened that like are, are there known about or like not super, you know, well-known. Um, so she has really good episodes. Like, um, like she talks about the trail of tears. She also has one called crack versus cocaine. Welcome to incarceration nation. So basically oh. just like how, like, you know, cocaine, like back in the day, wildly accepted <laughs> did it all the time, yeah. but then, it, you know, crack and just all the incarceration and stuff that happened with that. So it's actually, she's quite entertaining and she's a really good storyteller. So it's a good way to kind of like get some history under your belt. Um, but in like a, not to like make horrible things that happen fun, uh, but like an interesting way to- Yeah, in an engaging way. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And, and she's really lovely, so she's pretty funny. So yeah, yes. that's a fun one. I'm adding that one to my list. It sounds right at my yeah, own. Yeah, do it. Um, so I have been listening to my favorite podcast. I'm constantly waiting for new episodes and it's The Big Picture. Mm -hmm. And this week on Monday, their episode was Movie Draft 1994, which is basically where these like, so the big picture is part of the Ringer Network. The Ringer Network has a ton of podcasts um, like The Watch, The 
just like ringer verse, like tons of things. And all of these people are like huge, like pop culture, like fans and like experts. So what they do on the movie draft is basically choose a year and then draft movies to their categories to like win the <laughs> vote, basically. That sounds fun. Yeah. So they did 1994 and it was so good. And oftentimes, like they're picking years where a lot of movies are sort of known to a wider audience, right? <laughs> so like 94 would be like the year of the Lion King, for example, or Reality Bites. Is that when or... Lion King came out? Came out? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> like the OG cartoon, cartoon yeah, version, Yeah, the obviously. only one that matters. Yeah. <laughs> so just like how people talk about movies and how excited they get and the interplay between these coworkers, I just love it so much. And I typically listen to podcasts on my walks in the morning with my dog mm -hmm. and I always make myself like wait so like my walk in the morning is typically like 35 40 minutes so I listen to 35 40 minutes of a podcast and then I wait <laughs> till the next day to like listen to the rest and then yeah. you know you have to choose the next and the next and the next so it was really hard for me to wait for the big to picture wait on that one that because it was good. just so enjoyable and they were just having so much fun and it made me want to like be part of a movie draft and like, <laughs> I feel like just I be play the game. Yeah, I just want to play the game. Yeah, so I was just cool. like super, super into it. And I think that people would have fun with it. If you're a movie fan, like the big picture is a podcast about movies. Um, like different aspects of movies or different movie genres or whatever. But um, if you're a movie fan or interested in movies, I would definitely recommend Big Picture because I love it. Mm -hmm. so, that sounds really good. Yeah. So after these many months and weeks that we have not podcasted, Sage and I are pleased to have been here today with you. Yes. Talking Welcome all things. Be back. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> all things reading slump so we'll be back next month wrapping up the year um so that oh my god be, that's i know <laughs> that sounds crazy december 2021 <laughs> we're gonna have to figure out how we I are keep forgetting it's november up. yeah <laughs> like there's so, no snow i'm like it's september yeah 100 so we'll have to see what 2021 has brought us in terms of pop culture um so that's always fun to look forward to so we hope yeah, that uh we'll see you then so thank you for joining us today. Thank Sage you. Sage and I thank are obviously not together. So goodbye, Sage. I know. Goodbye. <laughs> thank you, Zoom. Yes. We'll talk to you guys again. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.